Uh, my name is Cecilia and welcome to my podcast and thank you for tuning in today. If you are new to my podcast, here's a little introduction. I am a small business owner based in Nairobi, Kenya with seven years experience working for myself. I started this podcast with the goal of sharing my experience and what I have learned and things that I'm learning along the way. In addition to sharing my experiences, I interview fellow small business owners in a series I call Meta Dash and I read business-related books. And today, we are continuing with the book that we are currently reading, which is um, The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel. And if you've been listening to us uh, for the past few episodes, you know how far we've reached. We're currently on page 20, so we're just going to pick, pick up. When I say we, it's Linda and I. We're going to just pick up from where we left off the last time and hopefully we can cover some ground as usual we'll read and have discussions and feel free to leave a comment um in regards to the to- in relation to the topic that or in relation to the topics that we'll be discussing as we go on so hi linda hi everybody how are you i'm good good as usual <laughs> <laughs> Duh. so yeah we're just going to start we want to cover as much ground as we we want to see how much we'll read and how much discussion we're going to have. So let's start. Let's start. Um, give me a second. Let me. I'm ready. Chani kunyo kamaji kwanza. Ninyorosheko. Sikuwe overwhelmingly. Overwhelmingly. Oh, wow. But then you know, I realize I can't say that word. That's why I'm not even saying it right now. <laughs> see, repeat. <laughs> All right. America's nationwide unemployment in um in so okay, we're on page twenty. America's nationwide unemployment in November two thousand and nine was around ten percent, but with the unemployment rate for African American male. 16 to 19 without a high school diploma was 49%. For Caucasian females over age 45 with a college degree, it was 4%. Local stock markets in Germany and Japan were wiped out during World War II. Entire regions were bombed out. At the end of the war, German farms only produced enough food to provide the country's citizens with a 1,000 calories a day. Compare that to US where the stock market where the stock market more than doubled from 1941 through the end of 1945 and the eco- and the economy was the strongest it had been in almost two decades so um in case you're listening to this from the middle i would advise you listen to the episode before that so that you can catch up to know where we are because there's a graph before this whole explanation um yeah no one should expect members of these groups to go through the rest of their lives thinking the same thing about inflation or the stock market or unemployment or money in general. No one should expect them to respond to financial information the same the same way. No one should assume they are influenced by the same incentives. No one should expect them to trust the same source of advice. No one should expect them to agree on what matters, what's worth it, what's likely to happen next, and what's the best path for what the best path forward is. Their view of money was formed in different worlds. And one, and when that's the case, a view about money that one group of people think is outrageous can make perfect sense to another. 
A few years ago, the New York Times did a story on the working conditions of Foxconn, the massive Taiwanese electronics manufacturer. The conditions are often atrocious. Readers were rightly upset, but a fascinating response to the story came from a nephew of a Chinese worker who wrote in the comment section, my aunt worked several years in what America calls, in quote, sweatshops. It was hard work, long hours, small wage, poor working conditions. Do you know what my aunt did before she worked in one of these before she worked in one of these factories? She was a prostitute. The idea of working in a sweatshop compared to that old lifestyle is an improvement, in my opinion. I know my aunt would rather be exploited by a civil capitalist boss for a couple of dollars than have her body be exploited for several men. Uh, have her body be exploited by several men for pennies. We do not have the same opportunities as the West. Our governmental infrastructure is different. The country is different. Yes, factory labor is hard. Actually, yes, factory is hard labor. Could it be better? Yes, but only when you compare such to American jobs. I do not know what to make of this. Part of me wants to argue fiercely. Part of me wants to understand. But mostly it's an example of how different experiences can lead to vastly different views within topics that one side intuitively thinks should be black and white. Every decision people make with money is justified by taking the information they have at the moment and plugging into their unique mental model of how the world works. Those people can be misinformed. They can have incomplete information. They can be bad at math. They can be persuaded by rotten marketing. They can have no idea what they are doing. They can misjudge the consequences of their action. Oh, can they ever. But every financial decision a person makes makes sense to them in that moment and checks the boxes they need to check. They tell themselves a story about what they are doing and why they are doing it. And that story has been shaped by their own unique experiences. Take a simple example, lottery tickets. Americans spend more on them than movies, video games, music, sporting events, and books combined. And who buys them? Mostly poor people. The lowest income households in the U.S. on average spend $412 a year on lotto tickets. So $412 is like what? Times 40K, maybe just over 40,000. Yeah. Wow. Ish. The lowest income household in the U.S. on average spend 40K, let's say, a mm. year on lotto tickets. Four times the amount of those in the highest income groups. 40% of Americans cannot come up with $400 in an emergency, which is to which is to say those buying $400 $400 in lottery tickets in lottery tickets are by by and large the same people who say they can they couldn't come up with $400 in an emergency. They are blowing their safety nets on something with a one in a million chance of hitting it big. That seems crazy to me. It probably seems crazy to you too. But but I'm I'm not but I'm not in the lowest income group. You're likely you're likely not either. So it's hard for many of us to intuitively grasp the subconsciousness reasoning of low income lottery ticket buyers. But strain a little, and you can imagine it going something like this. We live paycheck to paycheck, and saving seems out of reach. Our prospects for much higher wages seem out of reach. We can't afford nice vacations, new cars, health insurance, or homes in safe neighborhoods. 
We can't put our kids through college without crippling debt. Not much of the stuff you people who read financial books either have now or have a good chance of getting, we don't. Buying a lottery ticket is the only is the only chance of the, is the only time in our lives we can hold a tangible dream of getting the good stuff that you already have and have taken and take for granted. We are paying for a dream and you may not understand that because you are living a dream. That's why we buy more tickets than you do. You don't have to agree with this reasoning. Buying lotto tickets, buying lotto tickets when you're broke is still a bad idea. But I kind of understand why lotto ticket sales persist. And that idea, what you're doing seems crazy, but I kind of understand what, why you're doing it and covers the root of many of our financial decisions. Few people make financial decisions purely with a spreadsheet. They make them at the dinner table or in a company meeting. Places where personal history, your own unique view of the world, ego, pride, marketing, and odd incentives are scrambled together into a narrative that works for you. Another important point that helps explain why money decisions are so difficult and why there is so, so much misbehavior is to recognize how new this topic is. Money has been around a long time. King Aleyetes of Lydia, now part of Turkey, is thought to have created the first official currency in 600 BC. But the modern foundation of money decisions, saving and investing, is based around concepts that are practically infants. Take retirement. At the end of 2018, there was $27 trillion in U.S. retirement accounts, making it the main driver of the common investor's saving and investing decisions. But the entire concept of being entitled to retirement is, at most, two generations, generations old. Before World War II, most Americans worked until they died. That was the expectation and the reality. The labor force participation of rate of men age 65 and over was above 50% until the 1940s. So when they say two generations old, what's that? How many years is that? That's now our grand, our parents, then our grandparents. So that's how new retirement is. Yes. And for us, not even our grandparents, because our grandparents are still working. So <laughs> the concept of retirement... Being two generations old is maybe American. For us, maybe it's our parents. So it's one generation old. Wow. Wow. Because our grandparents didn't have retirement, man. Yeah. And then they're saying, yeah, most people worked until they died. That's still our reality. That was the expectation. (laughs) Let's just be honest. Right now. Especially for our grandparents. It's just that they can't go It's just that they can't go to the shamba, but basically our grandparents even our even our parents despite them retiring i think they're retiring because they are forced out of work. yeah but they still, but they could still work they are, yeah they, it's not like that they're actually they are living off retirement money, money there's no retirement money. money per se no and things and like now with our cost of living it's still going up yeah so it's not like even our parents are it's actually the, let's just say the concept of retirement money maybe will start with us yeah like having to, you can actually enjoy retire. the fruits of retirement. Yes. Hmm. So this generational old thing is not, is not even it's not an it's a it's an American thing. It's not even Kenyan yet. Hmm. So there's a graph there saying labor force participation rate for men age sixty five, and then there are years. So, and then there are percentages. 
So, for example, in the 1880, uh, labor force participation, so it's what, 80%? 70, 70. 78%. Yeah. Yeah, for men over 65. So that means you'd find men over 65. It's 78% of them were working. Was, yeah. But now in 2010, which is the last figure on the graph, is 20%. That's a, that's a drop. Actually, the year before that, 2000 was 18%. Yeah, which means, like, for real, them, they're actually doing well for retirement. I mean, yeah. they have money. Yeah, because that's a huge gap. A yeah. huge gap. As Kwanza, our country was not even independent because we gained independence <laughs> in 1963. Yeah. So, so they have, like, they have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Nine years ahead of us, because from between 1880 and 1960. Hi, editing Cecilia here. So I thought I should interject here and and correct a mistake that I made. So 1963 minus 1880 is 83. So the U.S. economy is 83 years ahead of us and not eight years, like I said. Whoops, 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 whoops. That was an error on my end. So yes, um, let's continue with the episode. And you can imagine there's a generation, is two generations deep. Now, independence. We just got independence like how many years ago? Juicy, juicy, juicy. Sorry, We're not so bad. We're not so badly off. Because think about it. Like if them, they're two generations deep and they're still struggling and us, we're not even one generation deep. Yeah. You're not, right. We're not that bad. We're not that bad. But it's good to know that retirement is a new term. People should stop thinking that it's been there. It's not always been there. <laughs> to us to die when they are working. You'll die forever. You'll never be prepared to never continue rest. working. <laughs> never rest. But you own the rest is for the day. For the people say they want to have things by the time they are 30. Can they you laughing? Let me laugh at them. <laughs> Unless they're inheriting something. <laughs> Me, I don't see how. <laughs> In this economy. We've not even reached the generation of... Please, of you tell us if, if your parents... Unless your parents have left for you things. Me, or... I don't, I don't even... Let me, not, let me not throw people under the bus. Let me just say... Not, not, not in my experience and not anyone I know. Even me. Same here. Yeah. Um, Let's Retire see. by 30. Must be nice. Must, oh my God. Those are the dreams of 20-year-olds. <laughs> social security okay we're continuing social security aimed to change this but its initial benefits were nothing close to a proper pension when ida may fuller cashed the first social security check in 1940 it was 22 dollars and 54 cents or 416 dollars adjusted for inflation it was not until the 1980s that the average social security check for retirees exceeded $1,000 a month adjusted for inflation. More than a quarter of Americans over age, over age 65 were classified by the Census Bureau as living in poverty until the late 1960s. This is a widespread belief along the lines of, quote, everyone used to have a private pension. But this is widely exaggerated. The Employee Benefit Research Institute explains only a quarter of those age 65 or older had pension income in 1975. Among that lucky minority, only 15% of households 
income came from a pension. The New York Times wrote in 1955 about the growing desire but continued inability to retire. To rephrase an old saying, everyone talks about retirement, but apparently very few do anything about it. It was not until the 1980s that the idea that everyone deserves and should have a dignified retirement took hold. And the way to get that dignified retirement ever since has been an expectation that everyone will save and invest their own money. Let me reiterate how new this idea is. Therefore, 1K, the backbone savings vehicle. 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 Of American retirement did not exist until 1978. The Roth IRA was not born until 1998. If it were a person, it would, barely, it would be barely old enough to drink. <laughs> it should surprise no one that many of us are bad at saving and that investing for retirement. We are not crazy. We are all just newbies. Same goes for college. The share of Americans over the age 25 with a bachelor's degree has gone from less than one in 20 in 1940 to one in four by 2015. The average college tuition over that time rose more than fourfold adjusted for inflation. Something so big and so important hitting society so fast explains why, for example, for many people have, have so many people have made poor decisions with student loans over the last 20 years. There is not a there's not decades of accumulated experience to even attempt to learn from. We are winging it. Same for index funds, which are less than 50 years old, and hedge funds, which didn't take off until the last 25 years. Even widespread use of the con of consumer debt, mortgages, credit cards, and car loans did not take off until the world after World War II, when the GI GI Bill made it easier for millions of Americans to borrow. Dogs were domesticated 10,000 years ago and still retained some behaviors that of their wild ancestors. Yet here we are, with between 20 and 50 years of experience in the modern financial system, hoping to be perfectly acclimated. For a topic that is so influenced by emotion versus fact, this is a problem. And it, ex and it helps explain why we, do not, we don't al always do what we're supposed to do, to do with money. We all do crazy stuff with money because we are all relatively new to this game. And what looks crazy to you might make sense to me, but no one is crazy. We all make decisions based on our own unique experiences that seem to make sense to us in a given moment. Now, let me tell you a story about how Bill Gates got rich. <laughs> wow. Okay, so we're going to end this here and pick it up in the next episode. But wow. So I, this made me feel less guilty about how I spend my money, because clearly... If dogs were domesticated 10 years ago and still have, like, how are we supposed to know these things? And you know, we are is, all newbies. As and this said. is according to the, him as, I think he's an American. Now yeah. imagine us here. <laughs> now imagine us here in Kenya. We are all struggling. Uh, but then it's made me feel much better not to feel pressure about. That's why we don't know about shares. That's why we don't know about investing and That's why we don't retirement. know about investing and retirement. It's still a concept, even our, our parents themselves don't even don't know. It's true. Nobody knows what's going on. Maybe it's just the finance people. And maybe, and maybe when them, they don't know. It doesn't mean just because they don't know, as we've read, doesn't mean they know how to behave accordingly. Yeah, they probably don't know how to <laughs> behave accordingly. 
they have the knowledge but they don't know how to behave and then there's this other thing that he said about um the lottery lottery tickets lottery tickets mm-hmm. it reminds me of i don't know why when i read that part I just i just thought of like the sport pesas uh in kenya they're yeah. everywhere another th- no, they're, but they're always in low income places umeona moja runda but natembeanga huko though no but, but it's true you're right you're right come up the drive that we when we are going to town we've never seen one okay but i it's don't see there are none it actually makes most sense most of them are in 46 kawangware yeah you true. know actually you're right they're not in high income places they're even those not, yeah and that's what came to mind and i was like those people will we, the low income will always be the target market because of the mentality of money. You, you might think, ah, I'm going to do this betting thing. And they know how to target them because they like put 20 bob. Yeah. Hey. Because you know, there's a, you remember the one that was there in Kawangware next to where there was a backlist. You know, that backlist was shut down and that thing, that place became a, not a spot person, but it became one of those betting things. I didn't even know that. It's huge. Every time really? you pass there, you find two small, small papers. I don't know if it's still there though. It was huge. There's one in Westy. I thought they shut those things down. There's a time they were put on hold because the government had said something in regards to taxes or something. Yeah. But they're back. So they're back. They're back in business. Okay. But I always yeah. I, that's what it made me think. It's just like I just thought like all these betting places. It's true. Most of what them they, are in low income areas. They bet on soccer. I'm a, it's usually yeah. soccer. I'm a, it's yeah. every game. It's every game. It's it's different Soccer. games. Ay, Football is the main thing, but there I hear there are many other games. You see me, I've never even got it in there to even try it. But you know, but I can like yes, no one is crazy just because you you won't go and bet. Don't judge the person who's going to to bet. Because then they're thinking that's how they'll make it big. They'll that's your one, one shot on the telly. Yeah, she may win me. I've won a million. Can yeah, but now this yeah. is the other thing that I thought about since. We have no knowledge about money. Like, like at the end of the day, since how you spend your money is based on your psychology. So even if you win that 10 million and your psychology is for left, yeah, I know. you're just going to finish all yeah. that money. <laughs> but it's actually truth. All these people who actually win the lottery never, mm-hmm. never make it past like, winning the lottery. You'll never had you've never had that a millionaire who's a who's a millionaire because that now they won the lottery. After that, those people who win the lottery, not even in Kenya, those people who win the lottery. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that now they're in the top 40 under 40 or uh, okay, I don't now... know, but I don't think so. <laughs> it's just... so unfortunate. Like for real, those guys who win the lottery don't That's end up it. the money just kind of disappears. You never hear them after even these ones who win these millions here in Kenya T mm-hmm. of their wants you. After, yeah, uh, by the way, you never after, hear any. But also, yeah, we never hear anything about them after that. Like, what did they do with the money afterwards? You never hear that they have a big supermarket or, or a big something, business. or they had a big business. I just always wonder. Mm. I don't know. Maybe if you guys know someone who opened, maybe it's us who the people we know. We don't know people who. <laughs> if you know someone who's probably who doing won, well, who won a big, eh, who won big in these pot pesas, eh, what are they doing now with that money? Yeah. Where are they now? We'd like to know. But if they're not going anywhere, it clearly explains the psychology of money. You still cannot change someone's how they think about money once they get it. It's just in your mindset. Wow. So if your mindset is not 
like thinking a particular way, you'll still spend that money the same way. On small, on, and then it'll just be like over. Inaisha. Oh no. Naisha. No, you think about if I had this amount of money, I'd be set. I think we all see that. And then gosh. the money comes and then you're not Me, set. Even when I get even paid, <laughs> I forget set. all the financial goals I have. <laughs> I'm just like, ah, today I'm not even cooking. Oh my God. KFC. What is wrong? What is wrong? I'm not with even us? Ati buying ati good food, KFC chicken. See, I'm not even cooking. I'm not groceries. Ati, I'll buy groceries and eh, make some nice. Ati mushroom, food. Nini, nini, let me buy those things. Ay. I don't know. Ah, you're just like, ah, fast food. Isn't it one? Stupisa. For shame. For shame. Sad. Ah. Anyway, guys, thank you for listening. Um, please follow me on Insta on my social media platforms. I'm active on Instagram. Uh, my page is at MBL Mango. M for Mango, B for Banana, L for Lemon. MBL pod- underscore podcast. At MBL underscore podcast. I'm also active on YouTube where I upload shots. Shots are like reels. Um, I'm active on LinkedIn where I post um, uh, like same content for the podcast my page is my basic life podcast on on all platforms please follow me also here on anchor follow my podcast leave a comment share with your friends do something come on help me out to say like when you listen leave a comment tell me that you're listening you know um and i hope Maybe to catch you tell them how to leave a comment on anchor then or how to leave a comment on anchor so to leave a comment on anchor you you can't type in you actually it's like a voice message ah. <laughs> you leave a voice message um so that's how you leave uh um a comment i realized you can't comment under the episodes i had to google that because um if you don't know this okay probably you don't know this but every month october november and december uh, i'm rewarding listeners mm-hmm. for interacting on my podcast so the month of October, I gave away a bag from a brand called Artha.ke. That's A-R-A-R-T-H-A.ke on Instagram. And for the month of November, I'm also going to be rewarding one of the listeners for interacting, for either leaving a message, for following my podcast with a different product from another Kenyan small business. So I'm supporting small businesses and rewarding my listeners with with products from Kenyan small businesses. So, yeah, you can choose to follow on Spotify, which Anka is a, I don't know if it's subsidiary of Spotify. You can follow my podcast. Or you can leave a voice mes- message, favorite my podcast, share it with your friends. And when you share it with your friends, maybe you can tell me, oh, yeah, here yeah, I've shared screenshot or something. Uh, yeah, any of that is going to help me out. Um Thank you so much, Linda. You're welcome. And I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.